0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, July 20th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. Graduate school is expensive, and in many cases, even at top universities, those expensive graduate degrees do not enhance earnings down the road. So, why do students get them? Neil McCluskey discusses the considerations that students seem to ignore when making those big debt laden choices. We always hear that a college degree is worth Some X number of dollars over and above not having a college degree over the lifetime of somebody who's out in the workforce. What do we know about grad school generally? So, if you look at the
1: aggregate data, it is true that if you have a graduate degree, or the average person, I should say, with a graduate degree, is going to learn earn more than somebody with just a bachelor's degree, who is going to earn more than somebody whose education ended in high school. Um, It's about a a $2.5 million lifetime earnings premium if you have a graduate degree versus just having gone to high school. It's about a $1.5 million premium over somebody who just got a bachelor's degree. But it's absolutely crucial to remember that's in the aggregate. Those are averages. And what we know is A lot of people take on a lot of debt to go into programs, including graduate programs, that simply do not justify the debt they take out, which the Wall Street Journal recently highlighted uh, people leaving programs, um, uh, for instance, programs in the performing arts, actually. Um, There are many, many programs uh, there where you are not going to earn nearly enough on average, to pay back the loans you have to take out for an expensive school, uh, they talked about Columbia, they talked about New York University, There's USC is a place that has very expensive programs. Lots of really well-known, well-regarded schools have these graduate
0: programs where people take on huge debt that they struggle mightily to pay off. I have long heard that graduate school was to play, the place to hide during a recession. Uh, I've heard that if you don't if you've graduated from college and you don't know what you should do, a lot of people decide, well, heck, I guess I'll just go to grad school um to how does debt enter into that decision process?
1: Well, it depends on who you are. There are some examples of people who don't factor in debt nearly enough when they make that decision. They see a name of a school and they say, well, that's a pretty impressive school. Surely going there will pay off. And they know that there's something they want to do with their lives and they don't pay attention to how much debt they have to take on. But everybody should pay attention to the debt and they should pay attention to how much they are likely to earn with the degree that they get. One of the problems Uh, with federal student aid, in particular federal loans, that we don't talk about a whole lot. You know, we talk about how federal loans lead to increases in prices. They enable colleges to greatly increase how much they charge people. And that's true. And we see this in graduate programs where graduate school prices keep going up, even after many schools have sort of held undergraduate prices down. And so we think of that as the biggest problem, and it is. But another major problem with federal student lending is the incentive for the politicians who run the lending programs is not to to assess risk, balance risk, and determine what is the best risk for the lender. Their incentive is to get out as much money to as many people as possible, because then the politicians look very generous. What we need, though, what many borrowers or potential borrowers need is somebody who has a strong personal incentive to look at that potential borrower, look at where they want to go to school, look at what they want to study and say, that is a bad decision. And it's a bad decision for me to lend you money because your chances of being able to repay it are very low. And the real benefit that to having a system like that to the borrowers, then they have somebody with a personal interest in giving that potential borrower an objective analysis of whether the decision they are the thing they're trying to decide on and which they may really want to do, it gives them an objective view of is that a good idea for you, the potential borrower. So the, the people that we see, at least highlighted in articles like we saw on the Wall Street Journal, look like what they really needed was for someone to say, I know your dream is to go into film production or something like that. And you think this school, Columbia or NYU, has a really big name. But we can easily look at what you're going to take on in debt and what you would earn on average entering that position. And we know that that is a bad idea. So we're not going to lend you money and you shouldn't want to borrow that much money because you won't be able to pay it back, or at least there's a very small chance you will be able to. And so politicians like to demonize for-profit operations and for-profit lenders, but it would be much better for so many of these borrowers if somebody with a stake in the money that person borrows looked at them and said, bad idea. Unlike federal loans, it said, you want to go to school? Great. Whatever you want to do, however much you need, borrow it. That's fine with us. That is a terrible way to run any sort of business. And it's a terrible way to, to help the potential borrowers. We say we're helping them by just giving them money. But what we're doing is giving them a whole lot of debt
0: you made reference to the Wall Street Journal and, and reading that article. That's why I reached out to you to, to talk about this. Um, I guess it is, I'm in a situation, I'm very lucky. I paid cash for a graduate degree. I was in a position to be able to do that. Uh, a lot of people are not, but it is it is strange to me at least that, that young people, and I guess uh, people in grad school aren't that young, aren't looking at how this is actually going to impact them 5, 10, 20 years down the road?
1: Well, I think that a lot of people have trouble with the future orientation. I mean, we see something that we really want, that we think would be great, and we say, well, let's get it now, and I'll worry about the costs later. I think that probably some people think, well, if I go to an Ivy League institution like Columbia University, um, then I'm sure to make a whole lot of more money. There's also the problem of, um, you know, there are certain jobs, this is pretty well, uh, documented or certain career areas where a small percentage of people who are in those hit it really big. Most people don't even come close to that, but you, uh, there is a bias to, to think, well, I'll be among the small percentage that hits it really big. And so there are no doubt some people say, yes, I know this debt is a big risk, um, and I know that, you know, for most people, they wouldn't be able to pay it off, but I think I'm going to be the exception. So I am going to be the next really famous movie director. And then all this debt will have been worth it. Uh, and this may be, uh, you know, my step into that. And so they may have a problem of thinking, you know, realistically about who they are and what they can do and just the law of averages. Um, and so that is a big problem. Um, And then the last thing is the federal government runs a number of programs that are about loan forgiveness. There's public service loan forgiveness. There's income-based repayment of your debt. Um, They're always talking about ways you can get your debt forgiven. And many people likely say to themselves, and we've seen some surveys bearing this out, well, I'll take on all this debt, but I really don't expect to ever pay it back, in its entirety at least, because there are all these loan forgiveness programs that I will be eligible for. And the federal government doesn't really want me to be saddled with uh, massive debt. And so that I know, or I'm very likely I'll never have to pay all this back. And then the last thing is we do have uh politicians. We have uh, Senator Warren from Massachusetts. We have the Senate majority leader, Chuck Schumer, talking about, well, we should just forgive $50,000 of debt for everybody or almost everybody who has it. And I think a lot of people borrow and think, sooner or later, that's going to happen. So even if it's not through an existing program, most of my debt will be wiped out.
0: Yeah. And we've seen some evidence that the student loan forgiveness programs that currently exist, people can make minuscule errors in trying to uh, comply with the terms of those programs and find themselves essentially on the hook for the full amount.
1: Well, yeah, because another function probably of politics is that the student aid system has gotten absurdly complicated. Uh, There are multiple loan programs. Uh, There are multiple grant programs. There are multiple loan repayment programs. uh, And then a lot of the programs they make are very complicated. So the biggest one we hear a lot about is public service loan forgiveness. And it's, you know, 1% or something, of, or probably lower than that, of people who've applied for public service loan forgiveness have actually gotten their loans forgiven. But there's a lot of small print that you have to read not just in your contract, but in lots of regulations that govern, and the laws, but the regulations that govern these programs. And for one thing, you had to make 10 years of on-time payments to qualify for public service loan forgiveness, and the program's not much older than 10 years. So you had lots of people applying. Turns out, well, you know, you just haven't had the right number of payments in the right amount of time. There are rules about, well, you can only get... forgiveness if you had a federal direct loan. Now, all federal loans are direct loans, but it used to be that, um, if, you know, going before about 2008, that the loans you got, most of them were not direct loans. They were from the old FELP program where you went to a lender who had, who gave you money and it was almost completely federally backed, but it wasn't actually directly from the federal government. So, people thought, well, I can get those loans forgiven. They couldn't get those forgiven. Ultimately, what we see is the incentive for politicians are always to add more stuff. Got a problem? We'll add more stuff. We'll add a different loan forgiveness program. We'll add a different student loan program. They keep almost always keep what was already there in place. And so it's incredibly difficult to keep track of how student loans work and how you repay your student loans.
0: Neil McCluskey directs the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast pretty much anywhere and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.